Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. Well, we just managed to catch our breath after an eight-goal thriller at the bridge this weekend. City failed to win, but go into the international break on top of the Premier League. Earlier in the week, City brushed past young boys 3-0 to secure a place in the Champions League knockout stages. No league games to look forward to, so we'll kind of talk about other City-related stuff. And to do that with me, I've got three guests. Welcome to broadcasting legend John Stapleton. Uh, yeah, we'll just, yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, welcome also to Nick Goldstone. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nigel. And also to Rob Barron, CTID. Hi, Rob. Hi, Nigel. Um, listen, l- listen, I'm, I'm going to start with an opposition player actually, someone who doesn't play for Manchester City, which I know is unusual. I'll give you a clue. He was born in Withenshaw. Um, how do you think, put yourself in Cole Palmer's shoes at the end of that game. He's got his family in the stands, probably all City fans. He's a City fan as well. What a game that boy had. Put yourselves, how did he feel? Rob Behrens, how did Cole Palmer feel at the end of that game? Put yourself in his shoes if you possibly can. I know you were a fine footballer in your day yourself. Um, how do you think he felt? I was never a United supporter, which I think he was originally. But look, this was a great performance by Cole Palmer, which will go down in in history as being a, a, a brilliant contribution to what Chelsea did. He's been playing extremely well. He was not, he's played playing better than he ever played for City, as far as I can see. Uh, his contribution to the Chelsea midfield was brilliant. He had the guts to not only tackle back, but to score a, a wonderful penalty, you know, when he was under intense pressure. And he didn't lose his cool or his friendships after the game with the City players. And they showed him the respect that he deserved uh, with what was a personal triumph. And, uh, you know, £42.5 million uh, was very good value to Chelsea. And uh, we should be thinking good luck to him and uh, hope that he doesn't play like that against us again. Sterling also played well and there was an element of of payback in, in the way that the both of them played, but it was not a disaster by any means. Uh, we'll obviously get on to the game in a bit more detail and, and obviously as Rob rightly said, Sterling played his part as well uh, with a goal indeed. John, just, just sticking with Palmer for the time being, um, right to sell him? Obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but did we do the right thing selling him? Well, I think Pep takes a view. If they don't want to be there, you might as well let him go. There's no point in having him hanging around if they're not keen to stay. And his view, as I understand it, was that he wasn't getting enough starts in the team. I think he started tr- twice as many times for Chelsea as he ever started for City already. So you can understand the lad's frustration. I agree with everything Rob said. I mean, a staggering performance by this boy. What was he, 20, 21 years old, something like that? To hold his nerve at the end like that, the way he did, 
And, and afterwards, I mean, it's so cool afterwards, you know, do you practice? No, I don't practice penalties much, you know, just take it all in my stride. There were 40,000 people there, just I, half of them hoping he, he would miss. Well, not half of them, but certainly, certainly all the City fans hoping he would miss. He didn't. Brilliant, brilliant player. Great contribution. Great contribution to the uh, to the game over, overall. Uh, hats off to the boy and best of luck to him, I say. Uh, a great performance from Palmer. What do you want to add? We've had uh, comments from uh, Rob and from John. Your, your, your take on it, Nick? Yeah, I think what we've got to just be aware of is the great luxury that we have that is afforded to us, that is not just all the, the, the games we win, the trophies we win, the great things that we see, but the luxury to enjoy a game like last night when we don't win and we're even playing, you know, we're even lauding a former player. Um, you know, you don't get to do that a great deal in football. And we, you know, we enjoy great, I certainly enjoy hostility and and battle um, in our game. Uh, it's part of it. But, you know, there are times when you've just got to say, I'd rather watch a game like that a lot of the time, even if we don't win, not all the time, even if we don't win, then, you know, the the the, the repetition of attack v defence that we see week in, week out against us. Um, we're very fortunate. It was a fantastic game. It was a shame we didn't win it, but it was a great game. It was a great game, John, uh, and I think uh, Nick's absolutely right. I mean, it's great when those come up. They don't come up that often, of course, but what a fantastic contest. Um, to, so if someone would have said to us, you'd score four goals at the bridge, but you'd come away without a win, I probably wouldn't have believed them. So a, a, a tremendous game of football. Fantastic um, game of football. Goals galore, highs, lows, you know, setbacks, drama, controversy, controversy uh, di- ma- major defensive errors. It, it had absolutely everything. I mean, it's not often I agree with Jamie Carragher. Car- I can't remember the last time I did agree with Jamie Carragher, but when he said, you know, it's a privilege to watch a game like this and it shows what a great league the Premier League is, I had to agree. I also had to agree with him. I can't believe I'm saying this. I also had to agree with him when he said that, frankly, now the, now the team deserved to lose because they didn't, in my view. I thought Chelsea came to the game to attack us and did so very efficiently and deserved their point. And, and you know, let's face it, a point away from home at Chelsea is no disgrace, particularly bearing in mind I was looking it up this afternoon. They spent a billion pounds, a billion pounds on players in the, in the last two years. So, you know, it's got to come right for them sometime. And it's certainly, <laughs> and hats off them for, for for adopting the stance they took. Uh, Chelsea trying to buy the league, eh? Um, terrible thing. Uh, Rob, uh, I, I know you like uh, controversy. I know you like refereeing decisions. I don't know whether you agree with uh, Carragher about uh, the penalty. He seemed to get his knickers in a twist. Uh, for me, it looked like a penalty to me all day long. I don't think it was, uh, I think on match of the day, I don't think it was even mentioned as being even a contentious decision. How did well, you see it? I don't think any of us ever thought that Jamie Carragher was an impartial observer. And his disgraceful shouting and uh, dismay at uh, Haaland being awarded a penalty just confirmed that and revealed it. So I I think it was uh, not very impressive by him. Uh, It was, I've seen a lot, uh, 
a lot less than that given for a penalty. It was a clear penalty. It's fabulous that Haaland has scored four goals in two games when he's alleged to be going through um, something of a, a, a lean period. I mean, may we all go through such lean lean periods. Um, it was just a wonderful game end-to-end and very unlike City because they didn't have control. And uh, that's very, very unusual. And as uh, colleagues have said, Guardiola and Ruben Dias made critical mistakes at uh, important times. And we didn't have uh, the midfield in the way that we usually do. So we clearly missed John Stones. And maybe Pep got it wrong. I know I'm not allowed to say that in playing uh, Doku rather than Grealish. Because when Grealish came on, although he's slower than Doku, he never gives the ball away. And that is critical to City's stability. Uh, But it was a wonderful game and uh, it was a privilege to watch it. And just one other thing, Nigel, football has changed this season in two ways. First of all, um, VAR has become even more of a mess than, than it was before. And secondly, in that game, there were 17 minutes of added time, which means that you know, the nature of football has changed that after 90 minutes, you're going into a whole host of other situations which normally you wouldn't do. And the difficulty is that European referees don't interpret it that way, uh, whereas we do. So it must be difficult for the players. Uh, Nick, I don't know which particular point you want to pick up because Rob's covered a lot of points there. About 18. <laughs> indeed. So, 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 I mean, I've, a number of those I've kind of listed anyway as, as potential talking points. Um, but maybe it's, is it maybe, should we start with the negative stuff and, and, and the errors and the lack of control, I think was the word that Rob used. Maybe we should start there. And also maybe link to that, is that, does that mean that we miss John Stones? Is, is, was he the reason? Is he the person that, that is at, when We talk about missing Rodri for three games and what that meant. But actually, John Stones, I think, is probably an even bigger miss, isn't he? I mean, was that, was that the, the catalyst? Was that the, the, the reason why it was so difficult at the weekend, maybe? Yeah, I think there's a exceptionally good points. The, and, and they're, very much, they're very much linked. I, I, I mean, I do think we miss John Stones enormously because he is he's become an almost unique player and there is well I mean it's obvious having said that there is nobody else really who, who, who can who can do that role in the way that that he does it and I thought it was it was somewhat audacious of Pep to pick the 11 that he picked when he didn't have stones in that sort of auxiliary midfield role because he put Rodri in there without any real additional cover. Akanji doesn't play that role anywhere near as well as John Stones does. He was, I thought, you know, and he tends to be the defender who is tasked with stepping out of the back four when Stones isn't there. And he did do that, but not in any way um, in the way that Stones does it. So I thought that there were various things that were linked. Um, the lack of John Stones, which I think is now an enormous miss for us. Um, the fact that he didn't play an additional midfielder alongside Rodri, and he could have, I thought that Bernardo could have played a bit deeper. Um, and I thought that was one thing that we may have done during the course of the game. 
to make that happen a bit more, to give a bit more defensive cover. It didn't. And then alongside that, playing Doku instead of Grealish, you know, is a very much attacking um, and positive move, but it doesn't give us that additional ability to hold the ball and control the game quite as much. I think that Doku has got, you know, fantastic ability. Uh, People might say he didn't have a, a, um, a great game yesterday for whatever reason. It wasn't one of his better games. I don't think he was massively to blame in any particular way, but, you know, Grealish arguably would have given us that additional bit of of control. So I think all those things taken together mean, well, it meant that, you know, we were more exposed. Um, And I I would just add that the criticism, particularly of Diaz, you know, was always going to come. That's what happens when you can see four. Um, He had a couple of moments, um, but, you know, we've got exceptionally good technical players of incredible talent but even so we are better as a group than we than our individuals we are more than the sum of our parts normally and that is because of that incredible coordination um, and control that we have which for most of yesterday we didn't have for all of those reasons and because Chelsea played very very well you know I thought they had their best game years can I just right, right from the off John can I just kind of pick up a, a few of those bits and maybe just ask for your view I think this word control I'm, I'm sure we'll come up with some title by the end of the show that, that that will include the word control it seems to be the word of the day so far that was maybe lacking uh, we've talked about John Stones in particular um, and then Diaz at the back and I can maybe th- sort of throw Guardiol into there as well who didn't have his best game either I don't think um, just just your thoughts on that control and what was missing for you John yeah I think things improved when we got Kovacic on didn't it I agree that, I agree that everything that's been said we did miss John Stones in, in a big in a big way but I, and I think in midfield we were not not at our sparkling best because of the absence of, of John Stones Kovacic changed things a bit but that was quite late on in the game when he, when he came on yeah, yeah. Uh, Guardiola not, didn't have his best game. Uh, got his feet all tangled up, didn't he, for that goal? Uh, difficult, hard look on on, on the guy. And, and Diaz well gave away the penalty, and, and again, not not his best performance. Overall, defensively, we were somewhat lacking. Midfield wise, we were somewhat lacking. But having said that, we were playing a good team. Our team on the day played extremely well. Let's face it, as we've said from the start. You know, they came at us right from the very word go. They came to give us a game, and they certainly did give us a game. Um, you know, I'll just reiterate what I said earlier. No shame in, in drawing one or Stamford Bridge in circumstances like that, particularly bearing in mind that our two old boys played out of their skins. I mean, how many times have we seen Ryan Sterling play like that for Man City in, in the last year he was there? Hardly ever, if ever, frankly. And I'm sure, <laughs> sure there's a bit of him saying, I'll just show the buggers, you know. Yeah. I'm sure there was, you know. Yeah. That sounds daft. And likewise, likewise, Cole, you know, uh, because you know the boy had some, the both of them had something to prove, and did they prove it? They proved it beyond all reasonable doubt, in my view. 
Something that's taken up a few column inches. And I know we've covered this before on the show a few times, and, and some people aren't really that interested. Others get quite excited about it. And that is the issue of ex-players and how they celebrate against their former sides. And I'm just, uh, I know, just, just because a lot of people have been talking about it. In fact, on Twitter, um, Lee Luxton described this celebration as humble, uh, was the word that he used, which he, he quite liked. Um, Paul Stato, he's also commented as well on Twitter because he doesn't have he doesn't have an issue. You, you've got a new employer, uh, you celebrate as long as you're not disrespectful. I'm not sure how you do that, do both, but but there we go. So so Nick, your your thoughts? How strongly do you feel about this? It's it does get a lot of comment when players do score against their old sides, and of course we had, as we said already, two of them with both Sterling and Cole Palmer. Your your thoughts on that, Nick? Well, I think we have the the. The whether you consider it the the the, the height or the, the the low point, but I guess Emmanuel Adebayor showed everybody how <laughs> it can be done. Um, but you know that was a while ago now. I thought they both Raheem Sterling has gone far too long for anyone to be too bothered. Um, Cole Palmer seemed perfectly respectful to me in a situation where he had absolutely no right to be, quite frankly, after scoring um, an injury time penalty. Uh, I've got no major issue with it. It's a bit of a nonsense as far as I'm concerned. Okay. John, arguably, you could say, however, if you if you are, I don't know, a City fan and... and... <laughs> an ex-player comes along, then, you know, it's you don't want people to be disrespectful. But at the same time, if you're a Chelsea fan and you've just got a point against the champions, sure. you don't really want your kind of goal scorer to go and kind of turn, almost shrug his shoulders in front of yeah, the crowd, I, which is I, what he did. So so there is there is a balance here, isn't there? Yeah, there is, of course. And I thought both of them behaved, if not impeccably, perfectly okay. But, you know, let's face it, you know, their contract with Manchester City is over. End of story. It's like you moving to a new job, you know. Well, they are moving to a new job. You know they're they're serving a different master now, so and it would be ridiculous of them not to celebrate in some in somewhere or other. I remember the Adebayo one; that was that was insane. I was there. I remember he ran the length of the pitch, didn't he? Ridiculous, ridiculous performance. Speaking about overreactions, though, the Chelsea manager didn't cover himself in glory. <laughs> what was his problem? What was he complaining about? I couldn't work I out what it was. The problem ref had blown the whistle before I mean, when he thought that I think Sterling had a Sterling. still had a scoring chance. You know. In fairness, oh, then, right. he did apologise later. Said he, he stepped over the line, and he apologised to Pep as well for not even shaking Pep's hand because he was so so intent on on berating the ref. He forgot that Pep was there, waiting to shake his hand. And Pep gave up in the end and walked down walked down the tunnel. So you know, in, in fairness, again, in fairness to, to the Chelsea manager, he, he did apologise. I just think overall, I hate to say this because we like a bit of controversy on this program. There was not much, very much to complain about for any of us. You know, it's just a fantastic game of football. I thought that most of the players behaved, if not impeccably. Very well developed throughout the game, and I, I, I reiterate, it was just a privilege, a privilege to watch. Fantastic game! I even had United fans ringing me, two of them, ringing me up saying, "Congratulations, what a wonderful spectacle!" I wish we could play like that. <laughs> uh, Rob, just just quickly on on the goal celebration bit first, and and, and yeah. then maybe 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 after that you can maybe talk about we talk about the negatives and the lack of control and the defensive errors. Just maybe try and focus on some of the positives. We've, we've done it for Chelsea. Maybe we should probably focus a bit on the city positives as well. But but the the goal celebration first, briefly from you. Well, I loved Cole Palmer's celebration, which was a kind of hangdog what can you do kind of expression, which I think I think is wonderful. It's really 
original, and uh, I can't criticise that. I remember Dennis Law. Of course, you're too young to remember this, Nigel, but when he scored <laughs> for City in relegating United, he refused to celebrate and Colin I was Bell. there Rob too young okay. I was there I was right. there at Old Trafford yeah well, I was definitely so not too you, young as you very do, well know do you do you remember that he he wouldn't celebrate and you know people are entitled to do it I think time has moved on I read that Sterling said that he thought about what he should do and he paused to show respect before he celebrated now I think Sterling left City uh in with bad blood, and I think he's behaved very well in not uh, raising that since he left. Uh, so uh, I have no problem with either of them. Uh, that's very good. I mean, the, the the positives for me are that Haaland is just fabulous, but the person who gets the stick, who is also fabulous, is Phil Foden, and he's playing magnificently. He also had a uh, a lovely game against young boys. He scored a fabulous goal. Um, he's very influential. He's an integral part of the team now. And uh, that is enormously encouraging to me because uh, he's too precious to push to one side. Um, other positives from you then, Nick? What did, what did you pick out from uh, just uh, from a City point of view? We've obviously got the Foden performance, Haaland on a on a lean streak, as you say, only scoring four in the last two games, I think Rob mentioned. So uh, a concern there maybe. But apart from that, <laughs> any positives you can come up with? Well, I, I mean, I would say Julian Alvarez, uh, actually. I yeah. thought he had, a, he had a great game, but he... He seems to be just getting better and better now, and he's becoming really, really integral. Um, not quite sure. He's a playmaker. He's he's, he's not. A, is he a number ten? He's not a number ten. I don't know. But he's he's always making things happen. It feels like, in terms of his his positional play, it's just clicked for him in a way that it hadn't quite done. Last year, he's scoring goals and he's he's making things happen. Um, so that's a real positive for me. All right. Um, can we look back to young boys? I, I, I've almost forgotten, actually. I mean, thanks for reminding us, Rob, that Phil Foden scored. I know it was 3-0. John, um, listen, qualification again for what is that? Is that 11 or 12 seasons? I forget now. On the trot, we got through now to the knockout stage of the Champions League. Um Pretty, pretty comfortable performance. Allows, obviously, Pep to kind of rotate even more to keep people fresh for the Premier League, etc. But but your reflections on that young boys game? I don't think I've ever seen such a one-sided game. I can't remember seeing such a one-sided game. It was, it was incredible. I think it was Danny Watts-his-face who popped up on, on TV, said afterwards, watching cities getting boring now. And he said that as a compliment. You know, it was so predictable. I mean, we just controlled the game from beginning to end. They didn't have a shot on target the whole match. You know, it was an absolute walkover. Uh, and it does become, if not boring, it becomes so predictable. You, you know, you, you, there's no sense of excitement. I mean, that game compared to the, to the one at the weekend, well, they, they don't compare at all, you know, as, as an entertainment. Um, and wonderful news for us as, as City, of course, to qualify with such ease again. Takes the pressure off the Premier League, uh, takes the pressure off that, that particular competition, rather, 
so we can concentrate on the Premier League. Uh, no complaints whatsoever. Uh, good team selection again. Uh, can't fault Pep. Anything to add, to, um, Nick, on the kind of the young the young boys' result? Three, three nil, yeah. one sided. Oh, not really. Some really, really fabulous goals. The Haaland strikes, absolutely superb. Foden, brilliant goal. There isn't that much else to say, I'm afraid. Rob will find something. Well, I, I, I think that what was encouraging was that the players they so they made at least four changes between young boys and Chelsea, and Rico Lewis had a very good game. Uh, Nunes played very well, and Kovacic as well. So um, that's encouraging. I mean, the the disappointing thing for me is that uh, uh, he won't use uh, Phillips. I mean, he's talking. Pep talks about. Phillips being uh, good when a game is out of control. Well, if ever a game was out of control, it was against Chelsea. Uh, and he, you know, uh, he didn't uh, make the most of him. Uh, so I think he came off on after 60 minutes, but the game was dead by then. But but what it shows is that there is a, a very fine squad. And John John's right that we've qualified, but we haven't finished top of the group. And in order to have advantage in the draw and play at home second, we need to win the next game. So we can't be too uh, carefree about who's selected for, for the Leipzig game. Can I speak, Robert, on one point, uh, Nigel? Nunes, you know, I hope I'm not being unfair, but I've not been so impressed with Nunes. Am, am, I, am I missing something? I mean, I've watched him a few times now. He's never done anything particularly badly or, 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 or wrong, but... I've never come away thinking, wow, what, what am I missing, Rob? Well, I I mean, he's, you've got to give the uh, – it's a fair question. I think you have to give the guy time, um, you know, to fit into City is no easy task, as we know. I think Doc is the only one to come in and hit the ground running for a, for a long time. Nunes is enormously skilled. His His ability to pass the ball and to keep the ball under pressure, I think, is – is makes him a um, a player of quality, and I think we're going to see that more and more. And he has given the ball away from time to time, as you say. Uh, but I, you know, I think he's getting better, and that's to me very encouraging. I thought he played well against young boys. Yeah, I did. Uh, on the on the question, do you mind me taking over for a minute, Nigel? One other, one other point on the question of Doku. He met his match. He met his match. Relax, but go for a drink. <laughs> he met his match at the weekend. He met his match at the weekend in Reese, didn't he? Doku. I'm saying to whoever wants to answer. Robert. Well, I'm having a rest now, so it's not. We're well, in charge, John. So this <laughs> oh, is for Robin. Just be clear, Robin Nick. John's in charge. I'm. I'm having a rest. <laughs> my mic's going off. My camera's going off. I think. Excuse me, broad, I'm in the chat at the moment. Broadcasting legend John Stapleton is in the chair. I'm having an a rest. Off you go. Well, I'll questions, that's all. I thought Doku didn't get as much of the ball as maybe he should have, actually. And when he, there, there were times when he did get it, when he, when he looked like he was going to take uh, Reese James to pieces a little bit. I, he didn't. He just didn't quite get the the momentum on it. Um, but look, Reese James is a very, very good defender. I mean, he's arguably the sort of successor we would want to 
for for Kyle Walker um, when God help us, Kyle hangs up his boots, whatever it is he's going to be doing. Um, gets nicked, uh, I, probably. I don't know, but um, uh, he'll. So you know, he's he, he's he's a great defender, and sometimes you've just got to hand it to a defender and say sure. he's done really well. Well, we can't expect Docker to do that every week. I mean, he took Miller to the cleanest, didn't he? I mean, he admit Miller on toast. They, they hope Miller. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a difference. The difference on Sunday was that uh, um, Palmer was second marking Doku. So it wasn't just James who was um, uh, defending against him. He had two players uh, to beat, which gave advantages elsewhere on the pitch, which didn't quite come out. The other exciting uh, um, battle was between Walker and and Sterling, and they clearly, you know, they're great friends. They like each other, but they went for it hell for leather. And Sterling won quite a lot of the time, which is unusual because He's not often very good in those uh, one-to-one situations. Welcome back, Nigel. Lovely. Um, uh, welcome to the John Stapleton Show. Uh, this is Nigel Rothband just here just to sort of fill in. Uh, John's having a lie down and uh, we wish him well, uh, which is to be expected, really. Uh, can, I talk, can, can, I, <laughs> can I just move on uh, from, from the game? We've got one eye on the clock here. Uh, I just want to talk about the England score. We're obviously going into an international break. And I've seen to have talked about more non-City players than City players this week on the show. But we've got uh, we've got Foden, uh, City player. Uh, we've got Cole Palmer. Uh, we've got Kieran Trippier. Uh, I'm coming up with four former City Academy players. And the fourth one, of course, is Rico Lewis, 18-year-old Rico Lewis, named in the England squad. Um, so two points, really. One is what a fantastic and what a fantastic uh, result for him. Uh, what a player, what a prospect. Obviously, a few injuries have meant that he's got himself in. Uh, but Rob, to, to, to have Rico Lewis in that lineup, and, to, and secondly, for City to have four, four Academy players just shows what a machine that is as well. It does. And uh, I think that City have made around £400 million from selling academy players, which means that they can invest uh, where they want to. And I don't think any club has has, uh, done done as well as that. I'm really thrilled for Lewis. He's very modest. He's tremendously talented. And it'll do him good because, you know, he needs to understand how good he is. Uh, and to get that that experience of the of the England squad, so that's really good news. And and well done, Palmer as well. Uh, he certainly deserves it on his current form. Is Rico Lewis going to make it, Nick? Do you think? Do you think he's kind of? Is this a few injuries? He's kind of a bit of a shining light at the moment, playing in a fantastic team under Pep. Give him his chance, or do you think he's the real deal? Uh, I think he's got a very good chance. I think he's he's slightly handicapped from a from a from a size perspective, um, but you know he, he certainly needs to build up his body strength, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we always sort of say that about about young kids like that, and he'll grow into himself, as they say. I'm sure. I think he's he's talented. Um, I wouldn't say I was absolutely 100 percent certain. Um, in the way that I was with uh, Phil Foden a few years ago. Uh, And I don't think, and I've said it before, and in fact, Rob bullied me the last time we were both on a few weeks ago when I talked about Rico Lewis. And I can, I, 
I unfavorably commented on him in comparison to John Stones and Rob was very mean. Um, but I would I will say I will say it again. Um he's got a lot of he's got a lot to do and he's got plenty of time to do it, but he's clearly got the talent to do it, and I vehemently hope that he does. Uh, and I, I, fantastic, fantastic for him to be in the England squad um, from an experience perspective and a confidence perspective. I think it's brilliant. Before I go to John Stapleton, I must allow Rob Rob Behrens to come back. You described, I think you used the word bullied, uh, yeah. and, he was, and he was mean. So, Rob, you must, the right of reply is with Rob Behrens. Well, it's absolutely disgraceful that uh, <laughs> I should be accused of bullying anybody, especially Nick. Nick Goldstone, who I greatly respect and listen to with great care. So uh, I'm not having that. Uh, maybe mean is uh, another word for being rigorous and questioning, and I would accept Apolo- that. Apology accepted. Thank you. Let's move on. <laughs> John, John, back, back. It's your show, John. So back to you, please. Uh, on, uh, <laughs> I'll be on as brief the- as I can, Nigel. I'll be as brief as I can. I, I'm very impressed by the boy. I think I think he's a fantastic player. Not least because he seems to play anywhere. Well, not anywhere, but two or three different positions as well. And it, how old is he? 17, 18 years old? I, I can't believe it. He's 18. 18, yeah. I read a long interview with him in the I think in the mail the other day. Also seems to be very well grounded. He hasn't got, you know, hasn't got a bob on himself like some kids have at that at that age when they get elevated to that level of stardom so quickly. Huge talent. And we're again, and a tribute to the guys who run the academy and have run the yeah. academy. Yeah, Jason Wilcox most recently, well, until recently, and, and, and Jim, I guess, held before that, before him. You know, what, what a fantastic job they've done. I didn't realise it was four hundred million pounds. That's they've made from those players. That's staggering, mm. That's staggering, amazing, great business. You know, and you know, let's face it too. They may not, very few of them make it into City's first team, but they get very good careers out of the training City gave them. And that's that's you know, that's. A great tribute to Manchester City and and in in the contribution they make to football generally. Let's talk about Manchester City then, and and the next three games in particular, because they they make interesting reading how the fixtures sort of turn up. Uh, we've got uh, obviously the international break, as I mentioned, coming up, and then right. after that we have got Liverpool at home, Spurs at home, and Aston high flying Aston Villa away. Um, so Nick. They're, they are three significant games, um, and a lot. You know, what, what, what are you? What are your sort of hopes and fears for those three games, and how it sort of pans out after those three? Hopes and hopes and dreams. Well, last time you know I was on, we just lost to Arsenal, and we weren't we weren't enormously uh, upset at that point either. And when we went on to win five games in a row, um, it would not remotely surprised me if we win all of those games um we've got home advantage liverpool and spurs which is hugely important in those two fixtures in particular i i would say um so we shall see i think it's good timing in that john you know the international break hopefully john stones does um get back for those games um, we've got a potential Rodri issue. Who's on a uh, another yellow would would mean he's suspended. So if he gets one against Liverpool, he's out for the Spurs game. Uh, Liverpool are on a bit of a roll, but are they that good? I'm not sure. Uh, saw that Luton was it Luton? 
that they were bloody awful. Um, not sure we've got too much necessarily to fear there, but you know, there, there's always a, a good chance that they're going to turn in a, a really good performance. And we know what we're like against Spurs. Spurs have taken a bit of a whacking in the past week, both in terms of results and injuries. Um, so they have been knocked right down to size for the time being. Um, but I'm sure there's some way that we can find to screw that game up. So nothing <laughs> would surprise me, but I think I'd be fairly confident to come out the other side of that run with a pretty decent set of results. It's a critical period, John. How do, how do you look at it? I was just looking at those three names. I made a note of, of the three names, three teams you mentioned that. I reckon six points out of nine would be a good result there. And I, the other one I, I don't fear most, but I think where we may slip up is Villa. You know, Villa are on a roll. I mean, they've got a damn good manager there. Uh, no major stars in their team, but they're a very, very useful outfit. I would forecast a win over Liverpool. I think we will at last score a goal against Spurs. Well, I know we've scored at City against Spurs. We haven't scored a single goal at their stadium yet, their new stadium yet, have we? I'm sure we can put that right. I think Villa's the one with potentially the trickiest, maybe because we're relaxed a little bit there. I don't know. I, six out of nine would do me fine. Are you happy with that, Rob? Well, uh, I don't know about Villa not having major stars. They have a former City player oh, uh, who, who is on fire at the moment yeah. and uh, we need to watch out for him. And they have a, a, a wonderful striker as well. So, they, you know, they're, they're no pushovers. I, I agree with John. Uh, it's it's lovely to hear Jurgen Klopp whinging already about the kickoff time for the Liverpool game, as if you know that's uh, unfair to his team. So, um, but that will be a tough one. Um, and Spurs, uh, as Nick says, it's better to play them after they've imploded than uh, before they imploded because they they they've looked like a very good team, and they have another player who who was one of ours uh Porro who, who who's playing very well at the moment as well um but you know we can't think about the others too much we have to think about ourselves and I think Rodri was saying after the game that everyone needs to look at themselves uh and and think about how they can do better than they did uh on Sunday and so I think the break comes at a good time and I'm very optimistic about uh, doing well in each of those games. So thinking about ourselves, fine, but I'm going to look at the others as well before we depart. Last question of the show uh, is just kind of the threat. Who's the biggest threat to City this season as we look forward? And I'm going to come to you, John. Obviously, we've got Liverpool, who at the moment are one point behind. Arsenal, same number of points. Then Spurs, Villa, as you said, on a bit of a roll. And then it's down to Stretford and, and, and Newcastle a bit lower down. But who, who do you think at the end of the season will be the key threats to City who are going to take, stop them from getting this unprecedented four on the bounce Premier League titles? I think Spurs will fade as they, they normally do as the season rolls on. I don't think they have what Jimmy Hill used to call the strength and depth to sustain a, a, a challenge against City for the title. Arsenal, I think, probably the biggest threat of all. Liverpool, maybe, but Arsenal for me, you know, they're a damn good team. They've got a good manager, taught by the master himself. They're a very good squad, supplemented by at least two of our former players. Again, we do, we are beneficial, benevolent, aren't we? Uh, yes, I say Arsenal are the biggest out of all. 
Okay, Rob, would you agree with John? Do you have a, a different I, threat? I do. I think Liverpool and Arsenal are the two biggest threats to us. Um, uh, you can't write Liverpool off. They've got into a good stride. A lot depends on who signs whom in January. Um, we don't know what's going to happen then, and that will be very interesting. And, you know, I know that Pep says we're a big club and we don't mind who we sell to, but you don't want to sell Calvin Phillips to one of those teams, uh, in my view. Um, but uh, so I, I would worry about Liverpool and Arsenal. Although I think uh, my last point would be that Arteta's had a bad couple of weeks. He's shown himself to be undisciplined and lacking in uh, authority at critical times, and uh, that that's not good for Arsenal. And finally, Nick Goldstone. Arsenal. Short and sweet. Not not like you, but there you go. No. It's, it's, it's welcome. With, no, it's welcome. Thank you, Nick. Uh, listen, uh, if uh, you've enjoyed the show tonight, uh, my name's John Stapleton. If not, it's <laughs> Nigel Rothband. Thanks to my three guests, to Nick Goldstone, to the great, the one and only John Stapleton, and to Rob Behrens. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show... Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.